Uh, you know, but this morning, uh, you know, I think about mothers. Uh, you know, we all have mothers. Uh, but I don't know if your mother had the, uh, the abilities that my mom did. Uh, you know, my mom, uh, you know, she could see through walls. She could see behind us. She could hear for miles and miles. Uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, any time that I thought about doing something wrong, I would hear my mother, John, don't you do that. Uh, you know, I had a father that had the eyes in the back of his head. And y'all all know, I, you know, I'm the youngest. Uh, you know, so whenever we were in the car, I was always, I will say it now, uh, you know, I was the instigator. And I would put my finger as close to my brother's cheek or my sister's cheek, whichever one had the opportunity to sit next to me without touching them. And they would be hollering, Dad, he's touching me. Mom, he's touching me. Uh, you know, and I'm like, no, I wasn't. But my dad had the eyes in the back of his head. And all of a sudden, the uh, long arm of the law. And I don't understand it. We had huge cars. I mean, the cars, they were big enough that we could lay down on the floorboard and not touch the back of the front seat or the back seat. And he could still reach all the way over to the corner and pop me upside the head. I just don't understand. I never grew up with those skills. You know, I had to pull the car over. But I know that through all of the things that was said and all the things that was done, that they just simply wanted me to follow their instructions because of the relationship and not because of the strong arm of the law. And see, and that's what God wants from us. You know, this morning we look, and I've titled this here, uh, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And yes, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom from sin. We are no longer in bondage to the sin that we have. But because of the Spirit, we have a lot more freedom than what we think about. There's a lot of things that the Spirit allows us and gives us to do in this relationship that we have with God. So let's look into this. and Paul gives us this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, But where someone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. For the Lord is spirit, and wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So all of us who have had this veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we change into His glorious image. Paul tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. But you know, there's a lot more. I think that we need to take a quick look at the verses prior to this. 
to get a little bit better of an understanding. So let's look at verses 14 and verses 15. In verse 14, it tells us, it says, The people of the people's minds were hardened. And to this day, whenever the Old Testament is read, the same veil that covers their minds so they cannot understand the truth. And yes, this veil, or and this veil, can be removed only by believing in Christ. Yes, even today, when they read Moses' writings, their hearts are covered with the veil, and they do not understand. This gives us a little bit about this freedom that we're talking about today and about what the Spirit does. Uh, if we look back and we go to, uh, you know, we think about this, uh, you know, the passage of Scripture that Paul is talking about is actually Exodus chapter 34, verse 34. And in verse 34, it tells us, it says, where he went in or when, but whenever he went into the room or into the tent of meetings to speak with the Lord, he removed the veil until he came out again. Then he would give the people whatever instructions the Lord had given to him. Moses has experienced the presence of God Almighty and the Spirit of God. If you remember, the scriptures before 34 tells us that Moses, whenever he would go into the tent of meetings and he would speak with God, whenever he came out, his face was glowing. And the Israelites couldn't stand his face glowing, so they made him put a veil on his face to cover up what God was doing and how God was responding to Moses. Now I want you to understand that God was with Moses and God was speaking to Moses. And because of this, Moses' face was shining and it was different. Because of the Israelites' hardened heart, they didn't want to see it. They didn't want to see the fact that God was there and that God was ministering to Moses, so they wanted the veil to be put over his face. This is what Paul is talking to us about in verses 16, 17, and 18. I want us to grab a hold of this. Uh, you know, we need to understand, uh, you know, whenever we look back at this and we go here and it says, but whenever... But whenever someone turns to the Lord, I want us to grab an understanding of this. Because what Paul is giving to us right here is Paul is giving to us salvation. Because what is happening is, is that we are no longer walking the way that we are walking as human beings. And as our human nature that we walk in this manner, it says that we have turned to the Lord. So we have asked for forgiveness of all the sin that's in our lives. And we have turned to the Lord and asked for the forgiveness. 
And whenever we turn to the Lord and we ask for the forgiveness, the Scripture then tells us that the veil will be taken away. Remember last week, Nicodemus asked the question, Okay, so Jesus had to explain it to him three different times. Each time, Jesus was becoming simpler and simpler in his explanation as far as what we must do to see the kingdom of heaven. Right here, Paul is telling us what we must do to see the kingdom of heaven. We have to turn from our wicked ways and we have to look upon the Lord. And whenever we look upon the Lord and we ask for the forgiveness... He will remove the veil of this world that is on us so that we will now be able to see the kingdom of God the way that we are supposed to see the kingdom of God. We enter into our life of eternity as soon as we receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We are living a life as a child of God and living a life of a child of God. We are living a life of eternity that that began right then. So at that point in time, we're not standing in heaven on the pearly gates, but we're there because as long as we follow Jesus Christ, we know what heaven is because we know the one that has created it. That is the veil that is removed. We no longer should be confused by the things of this world. There we should no longer be cats over here thinking that they're better than what we are because we have an understanding of what heaven is. We have an understanding of what the gospel is. Man, I need to go get that pulpit back out so I can have that sign. You know, that says hallelujah or amen. Wow, this is good stuff. Man, I'm glad I didn't write that down. We're recording it, right? You know, the thing, whenever we look into this passage of Scripture, there is more to it. We get this understanding that whenever the veil is removed, that now we have an understanding. And what is that understanding that we have? The understanding that we have is that God wants us to be free because we belong to Him. We are His children. He has lifted this veil that this world and that society puts on us that we're no good. Women, you got the magazines. If you don't look like the cover of the magazine, you don't look all that good. So what are they doing now? They're getting the plus size models, right? That still don't look anything like us. I get upset whenever they put those plus size men on there and I'm like, I don't look anything like that. And you're calling him a plus size. I'm like, really? But society tells us that we're no good unless we have this. Society tells us that we're beneath the beneath because we don't love the way that they do. Oops, wait a minute. I kind of put us Christians in there too, right? You know, we, we hate the homosexuals because we don't like their lifestyle. 
we love everybody. Mm. Mm. But see, we're, we're a child of God. Wonderfully, perfectly made. And He wants us to be free because now we belong to Him. You know, the Scripture tells us, you know, I do have these things. I'm just going to run off of this. Let's, let's just kind of, let's go with this one here. In Romans 8, 16, For the Spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Wow. <laughs> we see this. I, you know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom to belong to God. His Spirit draws us. And it says, hey, you're mine now. And Adam and Eve, perfectly? I made you perfectly. And I made you so that you can have a perfect relationship with me. And that perfect relationship is through the Spirit. 17. And since we are His children, we are His heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. If we are to share in His glory, we must also share in his suffering. But we belong. We belong to him. <laughs> we belong to him. Universal church. As in every single person that has ever accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. There's one Lord. There's one people. There's one table. We're part of it. That should excite us. Because if nothing else, oh, I love this. I love to go to Hebrews chapter 12. You know, we're the great cloud of witnesses. Because we're now part of that great cloud. We're part of what Scripture is talking about. People can now look at us and they can say, Oh, he's one of us or she's one of us. They can look at us and they can say, Oh, man. They look at me and they say, If he can make it to heaven, man, I got it. Whew. But they can also look at us. They can see the downfalls. And they can see the struggles. But we're all here together as one people with one Lord at one table so that we can all make it. See, so whenever we talk about the freedom to belong, we have the freedom to belong to all the Christians that, has, that was ever before us, that's here with us, and that will be here after us. We all belong together. One body as the church of the Nazarene. 
So us is Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene. Do y'all understand that we have two hospitals? We support two hospitals. Do you understand that we support 13 universities? Did y'all know that there is actually seven Christian churches or schools that are ran by the Church of the Nazarene? We belong to that. We belong to the heritage, to the history of the Nazarenes. But today, right here, right now, where we sit, we belong to Rock Hill First Church of the Nazarene. Each one of us are brothers and sisters in Christ through the unveiling of the Holy Spirit. Because He has uncovered our eyes so that we can see things the way that God sees things. Isn't it Matthew West that sings the song, Open My Eyes so that I can see the way that you see? Talking about God. Allow me to see the people in the manner that you see them. That's what we have. By the unveiling of the Holy Spirit. What's next? We have the freedom to serve. How many of you think that serving is a freedom? <laughs> I had one person raise their hand. A lot of times, whenever we think about serving, it's, it's a task. It's, it's not something that we would label as being a freedom. But that goes back to the analogy that I gave you. I thought I did a pretty good job with my mom and dad. God wants us to serve Him because we love Him. Therefore, it becomes a freedom. It becomes an opportunity for us to be able to do that. It is our privilege... To be a part of God's great big plan. God's great big plan for this world is what? Everybody will know him. You remember? Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. We get that opportunity. To show people who he is. To talk to people about who he is. But the thing about it is, is that it's only, we only have that ability because of the Spirit. Because of the Spirit of the Lord living within us. See, in 2 Corinthians 3, 5. Is it not that we think we are, equal, are qualified to do anything on our own? Our qualification comes from God. 
Not from us. From God. He qualifies us to do the task that He has set before us. Robbie, I started to interrupt you whenever we started our praise and worship this morning. Because I felt it really kind of strange that you were the only one up here. I almost, almost went and picked some people out of the audience to come stand up here and to sing. Because I truly believe that there's people in the audience, in the church, audience, congregation, that has the gift to sing, that won't stand up and sing. If God gives you the ability, if God calls you, if He stirs you, He has given you the ability to accomplish what He needs to accomplish. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I get a whole lot more excited about worshiping God whenever there's more than just Robbie up here singing. Robbie, you did a great job this morning. I think you, you ushered us into the altar of, of heaven. I think you did a great job. But it would be so much better if we had other people that's willing to do exactly what God's called them to do. And I'm, I'm going to get off of that. I put in a plug for, for your praise and worship team and for choir. Verse 6. He has enabled us to be ministers of, of, this, of His new covenant. This is a covenant not of written law, but of the Spirit. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit gives life. Gives life because of Jesus Christ coming, dying on the cross so that we could live this life free to serve. I know that the, uh, the Spirit gives us a whole lot of other things, and we'll continue tackling this, but this morning, I want to end on this one here, the freedom to witness. The freedom to witness because of what has done, or what He has done in our lives. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and unto the ends of the earth. You will be my witnesses. Because... Of the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of the Holy Spirit is one of the things that, that I think we fail to understand. 
Because yes, the Holy Spirit is our comforter. It is our guide. Uh, you know, it is the one that directs us. It lights the, you know, it puts the light uh, you know, on the path for us to walk. But the Holy Spirit gives us power. It gives us power to do things that we, as human beings, would not be able to do. It gives us power to be able to speak whenever we don't have the words to speak. It gives us power to step into places that we would not step if we did not have the Spirit. It gives us power over Satan and over his realm and reign on this world. It gives us power over sin. It gives us power over all the negatives in this world. Satan is here and he is ruling this world. But the Spirit of God gives us the power to overcome. It is power. It is not just simply a comforter. It gives us the ability to do what God needs us to do. It gives us the ability to be His witness. It gives us the ability to talk about the gospel. It gives us the ability to be God in the places where He is no longer welcome. An email from a friend of mine in Mississippi. The state of Mississippi has opened up the doors of their school for prayer in the morning. It is no longer against the law for the teachers to lead prayer in the state of Mississippi. Wow. It's taken a long time. The power of the Spirit. The power of the Spirit. I just like that. You know. See, the power of the Spirit is where the Scripture talks about the leopard spots being changed. The power of the Spirit is whenever I look into my life and I see all the bad things that I did. And I remember... Touching the wrong button. I remember sitting underneath those bushes in a foot of snow with a case of beer. I remember all the other things that I've done that I haven't told you and I won't tell you. That I have done wrong. I will tell you this. Whenever I left home at the age of 19, I was a Christian and I was walking for God. By the time my second year in college came along, if I would have died, I would have went straight to hell. The power of the Holy Spirit brought me from that, changed me. took away the anger, took away the struggles. See, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. 
a lot of times we allow the Holy Spirit to come in, but we really don't let it use its power. The Holy Spirit has the power to change the spots on a leopard. Why would you not think it has the ability to change your circumstances and your situation? But we have to go back to the beginning. But whenever someone turns from the Lord or turns to the Lord, we have to turn from the wicked ways of the world. We have to repent of our sins. And then, and only then, will the veil in our lives be lifted so that we could see the Spirit and God for who He truly is and allow His power to truly work in our lives. Oswald Chambers says that man made bird cages. God made birds to be free. We make all the traps. Man, as in humankind, God sets us free. We are free because we belong to God Almighty as His children. As His children. Mm. Robbie, I'm really not sure on how to close this because this has been really good. So I'm going to ask you if you can come up and play. And we're going to figure this out by the Spirit. Because there's some of us here, I believe, that there's some that's here that's never truly turned from the ways of the world. And our hearts are hardened. At see, and we do not understand the moving of the Spirit of God. There's some of us that have turned and the veil has been lifted and we know who God is and we see who God is and what He has for us. But we really haven't allowed the power of His Spirit to reign free and to move fully and completely in our lives. And we are the ones that are holding the Spirit back from truly delivering us from this world. We're holding it back because we're afraid of what it's going to do. We're holding it back because we have something comfortable that we're still holding on to. We see the Spirit. 
We hear about the Spirit, but we have not experienced the true infilling of the Holy Spirit. So there you go. So this morning, if you haven't turned from the lost world, and you need to ask for forgiveness of your sins, this morning is the time. If you've done that, but you have not allowed the Holy Spirit's power to be moved in your life, this morning is the time for that to happen as well. But we have to relinquish the control of the things in our lives. We have to release the fear that we have of what the Holy Spirit really wants to do in our lives. To give Him free reign. This morning's the morning. Let's stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want this decision to be in between you and God. Wherever you are. If you've never truly accepted Him, the altar is open. And He'll lift up that veil for you to see the truth. And to experience the truth. If you've never allowed the Holy Spirit to truly have reign in your life. That the power of the Holy Spirit would be edified in your life. Now's the time to do that. The altar is open. We're not going to take long. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would be with those that raise their hands this morning. God, I pray that you would hear their hearts and, God, that you would answer what they are praying for. God, I pray that your power, dear Lord, would fall upon them. God, I pray that your strength, dear Lord, will guide them today and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.